we're going to say the capital uh, 31st I've always felt personally that this is one of the keenest that makes me the saddest it's the, the contrast the contrast between how things started and how promising and how wonderful things looked when we left Mitzrayim, Betsaising Mitzrayim, and the unbelievable, unbearable disappointment of what actually <coughs> became of us in history, Betsaising Yerushalayim. That contrast between what was set to be and what could have been and between the reality of what Jewish history has looked like for the most part, to a large extent and for the most part is heartbreaking I mean something something amazing started and it could have been and it didn't work out and not only didn't it work out but everything became twisted everything became perverted a fire burns within me as I recall when I left Mitzrayim the Mitzrayim the keenest the lamentations that I will remember so I will remember when I left Yerushalayim when we left Mitzrayim as Oz Yosheh Moshe Shirla Yenosheh B'Tzayish Mitzrayim Moshe Rabbeinu sang the most unforgettable song when we left Mitzrayim and the contrast with Vayikain and Yirmiya and Yirmiya was crying and wailing the kina V'na'an hi niya B'Tzayishim Yerushalayim the Mishkan was set up and the cloud of Hashem was being set in by after we left Mitzrayim but Hashem's wrath descended upon me like a cloud when I left Yerushalayim and so on There was a drosha that Rabbi Besolvechik Zechel Levrocha gave. Parshas Baloischa sounds like it was in the 60s, in the early 60s. I don't know the exact time. There are parts of it that are printed in different places. He doesn't mention at all, the Yashabed doesn't mention this kina. He doesn't mention the kina. But the entire the entire Joshua and what he spoke about reminds me of Laban Aluf of this kina. And it helps us to feel 
the pain of the paradox of what of what could have been what should have been and what Lamaise what is and the way it's turned out now in that Jerusha of Yashaber is talking about how Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to convince Yisrael to remain together with us <clears throat> he's trying to convince Yisrael to stay with us and he made an unbelievable offer and he said Noisim anachnu l'amokim asher amar Hashem Noisim anachnu we are we're moving forward Noisim anachnu we're traveling to that place regarding which Hashem has said, I'm giving it to you. Samoy Shabbat said to his father-in-law, Come with us. We'll be good to you. Hashem has made a lot of promises. And He said a lot of good things to us. So Moshe Rabbeinu is filled with, with optimism. It's, it's more than optimism. You can't even describe it. He's filled with certainty and excitement. And he's saying to, to Yisro, in all due respect, you have to be crazy not to come with us. And no simanachnu. We're moving. The anachnu here is heartbreaking in particular, the Rav said, because... There was no suffolk in Moshe Rabbeinu's mind at this point that he's going. No suffolk at all. That the entire generation that left Mitzrayim, the entire generation of, that left Mitzrayim is going to be going to Yushalayim. And there's no question in his mind. No <coughs> right now. Without any delay. It's not a long trip. And he says, this is a couple of days, we're going to be there. No simanachnu. And Nosem Anachnu, with all that, that that journey would mean, Geula, Redemption, Mashiach, Gan Eden, Mikedem, Adam and Chava before the sin, all that we've been learning about these last couple of years in the Shiurim, in the Indian of Am Yisrael, and Moshe Rabbeinu says to Yisrael, don't miss out on this opportunity, Nosem Anachnu. And the Yashem has said that every year when he reads these psukim, it brings him to tears. It's so, he says, it's so pathetic how absolutely certain Moshe Rabbeinu was, and it was so pushed to him that he is going to complete this short trip after all that he's done. That he's going to complete this trip, and when you look at the psukim, nosim anachnu, he tells him itanu, imanu, itanu, we're going, join us, come together with us, itanu, imanu. The betzaysim mitzrayim in three days is going to be bevori liyushalayim, three four days tops. That's what we're talking about. 
the Bitsaisim in Mitzrayim is going to go right into Bavorili Yerushalayim. We're going, we're just heading straight to Yerushalayim. And he says, come with us. And all that is, all that's going to be, Zebach Umincha, Vishem Hamishcha. We're going to build the base Hamikdash, and we're going to bring all kinds of offerings. And you want to know who's going to be in charge? Who's going to be in charge? He says clearly, Moishi Yarenu, Moishi Yarenu, the Aaron Yenchenu. Moishi Yarenu. Yes, I'm going to be leading the Jews into Mitzrayim. And Aaron and my brother, Aaron Yanchen, was going to be is going to be bringing us there, and it's going to be Gavaldik. What we're going to have the Yoyvul Shmita, the Eretz Shaykeita. Oh, in Yushalayim when we get to Eretz Yisrael, what's going to be there? Yoyvul Shmita, we're going to be able to keep the Yoyvul and the Shmita, the Eretz Shaykeita, and the land is going to be peaceful and quiet. There's going to be. There's not going to be any enemies there. There aren't going to be any wars. There aren't going to be any enemies. We're going to walk right into Israel. <clears throat> We're going to divide it up for the Shvatim. Everybody's going to build beautiful homes and have gardens and orchards. And we're going to have a base Amigdash. I'm going to be in charge. My brother's going to be, is going to be Prime Minister. Kedusha, Nevuch, Voyd Hashem, the whole capital, and there's going to be, there's going to be there with the with the Beis There's going to be kedusha and nevuah and prophecy. Chvayt Hashem nira, and the glory of Hashem is going to be seen. Is going to be obvious. Vin of Yeshua Singing and celebration and blowing the truas on the shayfer and the chatzaytzvus. Noisim At this point, there's no need for any miraglim. Who needs miraglim? Spies. What kind of miraglim? There's no need for any miraglim. There's no talk of any miraglim. There's nothing. There's no worry about any anakim giants and nefilim amalekim or mitzurais fortified cities. That's a joke. Who cares what's over there? Who the goyim are and what kind of buildings they have? Without any suffix at all. We're going, we're going now. It's going to be miraculous. It's going to be smooth, simple, and fast. Come with us. That's the offer that Moshe Rabbeinu makes to Yisrael. And suddenly... Everything, everything changes. And that simple journey that was supposed to take a couple of days and go on and march into Yushalayim, suddenly it stops. And there are misoyin in them. And the Kivris Taiva, having been in the parasha, everybody's complaining, and Kivris Taiva... People are talking about what it was like in Mitzrayim, before B'tzayisim in Mitzrayim. There were good things to be had over there. (laughs) 
we don't have what to eat. Doggies was closed down. There are a few miserable milkies places. And some month to have. Oh, you remember what it was like, Zachan and we had, at least we had, we were able to have some good meals in Mitzrayim. And then what happens? There's the parish of Ahibin With the inverted nuns, right? The inverted upside down reverse nuns. Mitten did in. The parish doesn't belong over there. And Yerushalayim says that everything became displaced and dislocated. And suddenly a three day journey to Yerushalayim would become thousands of years long. Not three days, not three weeks, months, years, not three hundred years. And the Gzair of forty years, no. So even though we finally, we did arrive after 40 years, but it's been thousands of years of Saurus trying to be able to be in that place and have the place, and even when we're in the place, to be able to, to, be able to have the Beis HaMikdash, to, to have Shemitah and Yoivul Nevim and Kahanim, to be able to be in a state of Goy Everything was interrupted, everything stopped. The Vayhibin Sayhar. Now listen to how he describes this. The, pers- the person transcribed this, I think, from a tape. I think it was in English. Listen carefully. Suddenly what happened? The parasha of Ahib and Sohoran found itself displaced, dislocated. The distance to the land suddenly became very long. Of course there was no Gzaira yet concerning 40 years. But Moshe felt intuitively that the great march came to an end. There wasn't yet a Gzaira, because there wasn't yet the parasha of the Miraglim, there wasn't yet the Gzaira of 40 years. But when this Indian happened, when everybody started to crest that they want meat, and they're starting to talk about what it was like back in the tribe when, when they were slaves. So Yoshebeth says that Moshe right at this point felt, felt intuitively, he wasn't told yet from Shemai. There was no Gzair, there was no Miraglim yet, he wasn't told. But Rabbi Yoshebeth just suggests that Moshe right at this point felt intuitively that the great march had come to an end. That the Betzaisim in Mitzrayim was done. Finished, it came to an end. Hopes he, hopes he had would be unfulfilled. His tefillahs would be rejected. He somehow knew that. Inside of himself, he knew that. Then he goes on, he says something very personal. Which he would sometimes, he would sometimes do. I was like a few times to hear that. He says, I don't have to say that Moshe Rabbeinu was a great Navi. 
But over here he knew, even though Hashem didn't reveal it to him. It wasn't the Nevoah. And then Rabbi Yashabah says, I remember, I remember my own experience, the illness of my wife. Now he had a very, very deep relationship with his wife. He, he, he spoke about it. And that year he lost his wife, he lost his brother. He says, the illness of my wife, she was sick for four years. And of course I believed, even though I am a realist, and it's very hard to fool me. Not even doctors can fool me. But I was convinced that somehow she would manage to get out of it. He said that somehow, somehow I, I, believed, I, I believed that she would be able to overcome this sickness and she would get out of it. I lived with hope and tremendous unlimited faith that she would get out of that, she had cancer, that she would survive. But something changed. It wasn't even in her state of health. He says, but I remember the last Yom Kippur before she died. It was Kol Nidre and I was holding a Sefer Torah for Kol Nidre. And when the, Chaz, when the Chazm finished Kol Nidre and said to Shech Yonu, I turned over the Sefer to a Talmud of mine. And I told him to put it into the Aron Kaidish. He put it into the Aron Kaidish, but apparently he didn't put it in well. I don't know what happened exactly, but the Sefer Torah slipped and fell. Not on the floor, Khalila, but in the Aron Kaidish. But the Sefer Torah fell down in the Aron Kaidish. At that time I knew, I felt, and don't ask me how I knew this. Don't ask me what. I just had a feeling that nothing will help. And indeed it was. So he turns back to the parish of the Messiah and he says, when the people began to complain and to weep, when they were crying over the goof, When the people began to complain and to weep, the people that left Mitzrayim and saw all the Nisan, the people that received the Torah by Harsinai, and they were complaining and they were crying over the goof. Moshe Benu knew this is the end. He knew that he will never see Eretz Yisrael, never. Even though he was practicing later on. It was davening, veschanan, this Shabbos, this week. He was trying, just trying, maybe, maybe, somehow, he could break the Gzeira. But the Rav explains that already then, when Am Yisrael fell into such a place of smallness, of pettiness, he knew that this was not going to be a trip into Yerushalayim. That it wasn't, it wasn't a one-way ticket into Yerushalayim, that they were heading straight to the base of Migdash. And he knew that he would never see Eretz Yisrael, never. That's why he said, And that's why Moshe Benu said by the Messiah, and Moshe Benu said, If this is what it is, then kill me. 
Rishabin said, take my life now. Hashem, if you love me, if I have found favor in your eyes, kill me, take me now. Do I have to go through this whole business with them and schlep with them? Do I need to have a parshas veschanan and you can give me a, a, a you're going to give me a treat to go stand on a mountain to be able to look at Israel? Kill me now. And how beautifully Chazal said. In that parsha, in Baaloischa, with the Eldad and Medad, that they were misnabim the Machne, right? That Eldad and Medad, they were big tzaddikim, they were saying Nevi'as. They were saying Nevu'ah. So you remember Yeshua got very angry. He wanted them to be thrown into jail, to be destroyed, to be killed, whatever, different shotim, what the Pasuk means. To be given positions of leadership. One way or the other to destroy their lives. <laughs> That's the trap, as she says it. What did they say? So you remember, what was the Nevi'as? They said one short sentence. Moshe meis, Yeshua machnes. Remember? Moshe is dying, and Yeshua machnes. Yeshua is going to, Moshe is not going to make it. Yeshua Machnes. In short, Rabbi explains, Noisim Anachnu will never come true. That big Noisim Anachnu. Now he said that to Yisrael was less than 24 hours before. It was around the day before. When he said to Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael, Shver, Mitzaysim Mitzrayim, let's go. We're going to Yerushalayim, come with us, Noisim Anachnu, come Itonu, Imanu, Kesham Diba, Toiva Yisrael. The rest of the world is nothing. There's no such thing anymore. Who cares? We're going to go to Midian. There's nothing anymore. We're going. And you know what? You have a schus. You were good to us. We'll be good to you. Come with us. Shemitah, Yoyvul, Nevuah, Kedusha, Bishamikdish, Mincha, Nesachim, everything. The works. Ishtach, Eskastach, Tainel, Sebes, may have a beautiful, beautiful home. Own beautiful private home in Givat Zev, Ramat Givat Zev. Everybody's gonna have a beautiful private home with a swimming pool, with a palm tree in the backyard. It's gonna give Aldik. Meisham Nachman will never come true. Moshe Meis. Moshe really knew what they, was, what they were saying. Elder Meida, he knew that it was true. He's going he's gonna to die. Moshe Meis. And he'll be buried in the Midbar. And he'll never see the beautiful land. And then the parasha in Baloischa. And then you have the parasha of the Vahib in Sahara. And the parasha suddenly lost its place. Was dislocated and displaced. You know why it was dislocated and displaced? Because two little nunim were inverted. Their march was inverted. Now he doesn't explain why the letter nun. He doesn't go into that. We're not going to go into that now. Then you have nun is yinayin is mashiach is malchus and so on. As we're not going to explain in the first time. But <clears throat> that's not for now. Because two little nunim were inverted. Their march was inverted. 
Instead of the march bringing them closer to Eretz Yisrael, so the march took them away from Eretz Yisrael. The nun was inverted. The nisiyah, the trip, the journey was inverted. And with the inversion of the nun, Jewish history became inverted. And it is still inverted. We cannot say Naisa Menachnu with the assurance with which Moshe said it to Yisroch Chaisnai just 24 hours before. Our entire life in Golis, our entire existence in Golis, is an existence of the inverted nuns. And what Yosheb is explaining is really the tamsis of all that Tishwab is about. Expectations, tremendous, tremendous expectations. Tremendous, tremendous hope. And this shattering and the unraveling of all of those expectations of the hopes. This Kina 31, the Bitsaisi Mimitzrayim, and the contrast between what we were hoping for and what we thought it was going to be. The Bitsaisi Mimitzrayim, and how quickly that hope unraveled. And the unbelievable disappointment of B'tzayisim in Mitzrayim. And really that's, that's all that Golis is about. That's what I was talking about last night. You have a chas and a kala, they're standing under the chuppah. And they're standing under the chuppah, they're filled with a feeling of no siman achno. No siman achno. It's the beginning of our journey. We're finished with the past. Sure, we love our parents, we respect our parents, our grandparents, and we look back with fond memories, but we're starting a new parasha together. And the Chosna Kal could barely concentrate on answering the brachas because they're looking at each other, making Google eyes, Googling at each other, eyes. Chosna Kal, And they go through the they go through the chasna, the singing and the and the dancing and they're happy, but they're anxious that they should already be able to start their lives. No simanachnu. But say simi mitzray. Then the next thing you know, the same couple Hashem Yerachim, the same beautiful chasna kala. Are standing in Besden. And they're standing in Besden and they're saying, Are you sure? You seem to be so good, so nice. Did you try? Did you go to therapy? Did you speak to did you speak to Tzadikim? Did you speak to Rabbanim? Did you try hard? Did you do everything you could? You seem to be so good. If you could take the wedding album and look at the pictures from under the chuppah and the chasna and from the mitzvah tans 
and the parents of the Mechutanim, everybody's nice manachnu. Okay, there might have been a couple of disagreements along the way. A few dollars here, a few dollars there. But hopefully they're good people and they like each other and they're excited for the children. And now it's all unraveled. And each side is scheming against the other side. <coughs> and how to get in the coma. And how to extract what we can. When the kids was describing to me in Farakaway, I don't know it was in the middle of the night, at the beginning of the night, police cars coming to her building, with the, the, a lot of apartments over there, and police cars are coming, and this one's running away with the kid, and the other one's screaming, and the police are chasing after to get the kid back. The father's running away with the kid, or the mother, I don't know who's running with the kid, and the, the police are coming, and there's no order protection, and the, and the father's being thrown into jail, or the mother's, I don't remember, who's thrown into jail? Hassan Kala. You never heard of such things? Or maybe you only heard where it's a very amicable divorce. I mean, they love each other very, very much. But anyway, they end up at Bezden. Whether it's with the police and the orders of protection, or it's done in a peaceful and proper way. The Metzius is that the nuns have become inverted. And the Vayhibin Soya Ha'orin, the Naisim Anachnu, is now Vayhiyam Kimisayninim. And the journey has, of, the journey has stopped. And the Betsaisim Mitzrayim is no longer Betsaisim Mitzrayim, it's Betsaisim Yerushalayim. Mchorban. Very often children's lives being destroyed by the parents who couldn't, who couldn't work things out or whatever happened. Obviously there are many times where there's no choice but to do such a thing. Hashem Yirachim. And the same Kala that was on the phone before the Chasna giggling with her friends. Oi, my Chasna, my Chasna this, my Chasna that. She's now on the phone with her friends. That Rosh, that Mushkas, that Apikaris, that Manovo. <coughs> so let's take a nicer story. I'm sorry, but it's tissue everybody. So you be Michael me. We'll take a nicer story. They're a happy couple. Like everybody here. Happy couples. It's a happy couple. They love each other. Husband and wife. No Shabbat is good. They're married. They want to be married till 120. Parents. Everybody gets along. Fine. They've left all the mitzvahim of being teenagers and they're adults. And Moch Hashem to have a child. Beautiful little boy. Back and forth what the name should be. Should be after a grandparent, a great-grandparent, should be after a tzaddik, a rabbi. 
should we name it after the time of the year, the child? I said to somebody that had a little granddaughter, and they, I said, you, you better hope that the kids don't name the kid Khurbana. She was born she was born Tishab of time, so I got nervous with the names that people come up with these days. I thought maybe it would be Khurbana. If you'd hear some of the phone calls I get about names, you, I mean, you hear some of the names there. Gam Khurbana Zakhal Taif, I told you never know. So it's a happy couple. Everybody's thrilled. And they give the baby a name. Oy. What a tzaddik. Did you see how he smiled? Who does he look like? So the Mechotanim say he looks like our side. The other one say he looks like our side. Everybody's happy. Kid goes to Chedi. You put him in the firmest Chedi in the world. There's no firmer Chedi than this in the world. And you and you you buy him the you buy him a talus cut and you make an upsharing. On the way to the upsharing, you make sure to cover him with a talus like it's the minig. The what that he shouldn't see anything chalila. He shouldn't see anything that's not holy, that's not pure. And you want you want to make sure that nobody should see him. It shouldn't be an eye in horror. And you take the little the little child to upsharing. So bit seisim mitzrayim kaval. Turn the clock forward in the calendar a couple of pages. You know, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm dealing with these in Yonim. I'm really not exaggerating. I'm dealing with these in Yonim almost every day. Last week in the mountains, a call. It's almost every day. I found I found my son didn't realize he left the he left his iPhone. How old is your son? He's fifteen. He left his iPhone this is last week. He left his iPhone and I'm holding on to my chair to, to hear the rest of the story. And she's crying and she doesn't tell me what he found what she found. She just says, You know, all I ever daven for all I ever daven for is that my child should be pure, that he should be spared from this. That's all I ever daven for. And my husband's so good. And we put him in the best yeshiva. And we put him in the best camp. And we did everything we could. We did everything we could. And she says that this thing is filled with the most disgusting schmutz I never saw or heard in my life of such things that I found on his iPhone. It says in Yerushalayim. Here they had the child, and this child was going to be Noisim Anachno. This is our big opportunity. This particular case was about where they were Bali Tshuva, the parents. You know what that was? You know, that her and her husband came from such backgrounds. If you would know what the story is with these people, and what they made themselves into such Sadiqim. And all they wanted was that our children shouldn't have to go through what we went through. And now she finds on the 15-year-old stuff that she says, I never thought myself, I never saw. And she went through stuff. I never in my life saw these things. She became from, she went to this seminary and she found out, and they, they made a shidduch for the nicest guy. Believe me, he's the nicest guy. And he's a wonderful father and a wonderful husband. And noisim anachnu. And you know, Bali Chuba, when do they make it? When they have their from kid, right? That's when they make it. Because the Bali Chuba, they still can't pronounce every word the right way. And they're still a little bit uncomfortable with themselves. And people, they still think are looking at them funny. 
finally noisim anachnu. We're going to have the yeshiva bacher, and the yeshiva bacher is going to be a real yid, a ben and all the frumer are going to be are going to be jealous of us. That we have the biggest ben on the block. Noisim anachnu, b'tzeisim mitzrayim. The mother's crying to me, b'tzeisim yushalayim. That was last week. Yesterday's call. Erev Tishavov. A Sadekus who lives near Tisrael. Son is in the army. Was in Hezdi Yeshiva. A terrific learner. Terrific, terrific boy. <coughs> Comes home for Shabbos, last Shabbos, a couple of days ago, and says, I've come to the decision and to the conclusion, it's clear to me, I don't believe in God. I'm finished. No more tefillin. When I'm here, I'll, I'll respect you and I'll wear a yarmulke and I'll keep Shabbos. And the mother's saying, Boy, but what happened with this, with that? He has some books he's been reading, he has some people he's been talking to. He met uh, a young lady. Let's talk about another exciting time in our history. 1967. There's some here old enough to remember. Some of you are old enough to remember. I remember my father's uncle's own sitting at the kitchen table with a transistor radio. Not everybody here knows what that is. <laughs> and it was a fancy one because it had like a black leather or plastic cover on it with little holes, you know, with a place to, on the side to dial. And an antenna. And my father wouldn't move. He was sitting by this. He wasn't eating. He was sitting by this. Harabayit biadeinu. You remember? Harabayit biadeinu. I think it was Matigur. Harabayit biadeinu. The Harabayit is ours. There wasn't a Jew in the world. I don't believe there was a Jew in the world who wasn't on fire. Any Jew who knew he was a Jew. Even if you would have gone, we'll say this very quietly, even if you would have gone to Williamsburg. You know, and you would have gone over there, and Lee Avenue and pulled over, and maybe not a young Chassid, is there, you know, but an older, an old Chassid. Somebody who went through stuff. And you would have said, and you would have asked him who, Yaakov Moshe said, no, you know, the Rebbe said, yeah, 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 right, the Rebbe said, it's between me and you. No, I said, look, it's a master student. I know, no, I know, it's officially it's a master student, but just traditional, I'm not going to tell the Rebbe, I promise you. I'm not going to tell the Rebbe, just between me and you. A little bit, when you heard the words, between me and you, did you feel something? Tell me the truth. You know, you were in you were in Auschwitz. You did time. Tell me the truth. Didn't you feel something? I've tried getting this out of some old Jews, by the way. 
I've gotten some answers. This is it. We're marching into the old city. A couple of, a couple of, uh, maybe a ton of TNT should take care of the Avodazar uh, that's on the on the Harabayas. It's not complicated to blow up the, the mosque on Harabayas. My father still complains. How come they didn't do that? He doesn't understand why didn't they do that? At that time, they could have done it. Who would have said anything at that time? Jews said not to do it. And they got their command from the White House in Stalin. Blow up, blow up the mask. And let's, and let's daven hard. And, and learn, learn, learn the end of the Rambam. Learn, learn Hilchus Malachim. It's Chaz over Hilchus Beis Abachir. That's it. Goals is over. It was felt at that time. Even Jews that weren't from, even Jews that had no shaykhs to Yiddishkeit. When you look back and you read the things at that time, and you hear what was going on. I was at that time. I was I was like ten years old. I remember some of the excitement. I remember my family. I remember the excitement. And in shul, I remember the excitement in shul. What was going on there? Harabayz biyadeinu. It says him in Mitzrayim. And then what became of that? Well, Hashem, of course, He brought a lot of Yeshuas and were able to learn a lot of Torah and Yeshivas. Were able to, but here in, in the 31st capital, Becherav Medukarim Bnei Tzion Hayikarim, Bacharim, young men being stabbed to death, Bnei Tzion Hayikarim, the precious children of Yerushalayim, B'tzayisim Yerushalayim. Still hasn't worked out. Jews still getting killed. Not being able to live in peace in our land, to have Mashiach and Bisamikdish. Jews at war with each other, Hashem Yerachim. Dying in Echa, we learned last night in Echa. Koralai Moyed, Lishbor Bachurai. Lishbor Bachurai. What the parents who have a child? And before he gets to 15, before the iPad and the iPads and all the iPods and all that stuff. But the child, would you go to the if you go into the into Sloan Kettering, go into the pediatric ward, the oncology pediatric ward in Long Island Jewish in Columbia, Yiddish Kinder Jewish children. There, the parent the parents had a child. What that means, Lishbor Bachurai. Chazal talk about this specifically in the Medrash. 
Silukan shall bachrim kosher yoyse mechurim beisamikdash. Silukan shall bachrim. Young people dying. Young people dying. Where there was a life that began. That was filled with unbelievable promise. And what was going to be with this child and, and how great this child can become. See, look in Shilbarkim, Kosher Yoyesi Mechurim Beis Amigdash, Chazal say. Lishbor Bachurai. Where there's a life, and the life was broken. Where the expectation was that the child would long, long outlive his parents. And the next thing you know, there's a, there's a, a ten-year-old boy standing there in Shul Lalani saying, Kaddish. Like Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach said to the student, to the yeshiva bacher who wanted to go up north to give Tzadikim, he said, come with me, we can go to give Tzadikim right over here. And Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach said, we can go to Har Herzl and to go to the Kivrit Tzadikim of the soldiers where every single Matzev you look at, 18, 19, 18, 19, 19, 18 years old. And the woman whose child, whose child was... Who she found with the, with the filth, with the schmutz, and the one whose son comes back and says, I don't believe in anything anymore. That's also Lishbar Bakhurai. It's a broken life. And then everybody begins to scramble to find rebbies and teachers and therapists and somehow to try to piece back together a broken life. But the nuns have become inverted. The journey has been interrupted. <coughs> when my wife and I were in Auschwitz a few years ago in the summer, So there's Auschwitz and there's Birkenau, you know. The actual death camp was Birkenau, it's right down the road. So we were zeichet to be in both places to visit. In Auschwitz they made the museums, and they, looked, they made it look like a college campus a little bit. There's one room there. When I think back on that trip, which is every day, I think back a few times on, the, on that trip. There was a room there, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was in Auschwitz, and it wasn't in Majdanek, but I'm pretty sure it was in Auschwitz, yeah. There was a room there, where there was a glass, big glass thing, a big, 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 big room, like, like, not like this, but a big, big room behind the glass. And thousands of suitcases. Some of you were there? It's an Auschwitz, right? Thousands of suitcases. Could it be for my, my grandparents? Their suitcases. Right when you look in there, it says there was a thing that says Weinberger. Suitcases all over the place. I remember when I saw that. Because my wife was saying to me, go look over here, go look over here. She didn't want me to go to that place. And I come, there's a suitcase that says Weinberger written on the suitcase. These were no longer from the Polish. These were that they found at the end were Hungarian suitcases that they thought there were ladies that came there with their fur coats, you know. It's a few days, it's going to be finished. And we can continue on with the journey of life. We can go back to our cities. 
back to Budapest, back to Siget, to Munkach, and wherever. We're going to go back to our places, to our lives. Everything's going to be good again. Nice and Manachnu. It was part of the game that the Germans played with them to bring their suitcases. Then you had over there dolls. Behind the glass window there are dolls. The little girls brought their, little children brought their dolls. And I couldn't move from that place. I was staring at the face of that doll. Not being able to ever forgive the person who interrupted that child's journey. The noisimanachno, the disappointments, the disappointments of life, the disappointments with ourselves. I'm going to finish Shas Bavli Yushalmi. I'm going to overcome this habit that I have, this addiction, this difficulty. I'm going to talk to my children the way that they deserve to be spoken to. I'm going to raise them in the most beautiful way. So goes back to the three weeks in the Tishma of the Luchas that the first Luchas that the Moshe never got. They never reached Moshe in his hands, those Luchas. The olive base at the end of Eicha that's out of order. It's Moshe Rabbeinu knowing that he would die in the Midbar. It's really what Tishabov is about. Feeling the pain of these interrupted journeys of the inverted nuns of Jewish history. And Davin to Hashem is Baruch, that we should be zoicher to see the day when the suitcases will be put back in the hands of the people who had them, and the little girls will get their dolls back, and that somehow the filth that 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 fifteen-year-old boy is looking at will be deleted from his brain, and the soldier's heart will be returned to a place of of Amuna. And that you and I will be able to finish what we, what we started in a good way. To be able to continue on with the journey to Yushalayim. The promise that Hashem Baruch makes that it will be, the time will come of Tayru Utud of Klaichemda, the Saisimit Shayim, Sosna Vesimcha, Venos Yogan Vanacha, the Shuvi Yushalayim of the Glashayim Vamitis Amen.